I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of The Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and only a slut would come to the door <laughs> with desserts. Oh, good. I'm so glad you used that one. Um, and, and I'm Colin Drucker, and it's a good thing I didn't cure you with that wand, because that pastor went to jail. Computer scam or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh my runner, my runner up was. Uh, is it you shaved or you waxed your butthole? That's what yeah, I yeah. That, Did you wax your laugh. butthole? Yeah. <laughs> I am. You know, I've said this before at the beginning of other episodes, and I've always meant it. I'm always excited to talk about things, but some weeks I'm like chewing my lips. I can't wait to talk about yes. something, and. I have to say, this I am almost the hours level excited to talk about other people today. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, I I would agree. I don't I don't know if it's quite the hours, but I would say like, I, I don't I don't know what's like below the yeah, hours. Yeah. What would be but almost like almost there? Yeah. Um, it's not a Rosemary's Baby, certainly. <laughs> yeah. Never. And it's not a Murder on the Orient Express, certainly, which we can all agree <laughs> was the least enjoyable movie. <laughs> Yes, I <laughs> of all time maybe <laughs> of all time. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but this is all to say that I I'm still equally as excited. I'd say almost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm equally almost a little bit. As I'm not excited trying to downplay it, downplay. But I'm yeah. definitely as excited as you almost are. But I'm a little bit not as much at all. If if anything, <laughs> I know I'm 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 flying off the rails. I love already. it. Um, no, I am. I just rewatched like just before we we settled and I just rewatched like I basically watched it all out of order and I was just like watching all the scenes Ooh, nice. and I was like oh I want to watch that scene oh oh I want to watch that scene and I think it like I had forgotten how much how much there was in other people I just I had compl- yeah. I had forgotten um and I'm so glad we're talking about it today So tell me cuz I I was really trying to think last night too I was like wait had you seen it and i'm pretty sure you had but it's been it's been a while correct or? yeah i think i've i've watched it twice before i think the first time was not long after it came out it came out in 2016 and i was living in sacramento at that point and so oh, wow. it was kind of like there was this and then like whenever ladybird came out and i was in sacramento when ladybird came out so there was this sort of like oh my, Sacramento, maybe this is a sign from the universe, you know? Like, maybe the universe yeah. is speaking through independent film and telling me I found the right place to live. <laughs> well, yes. uh, guess what, Mimi? <laughs> they weren't. Thank um, God. Yes. Yeah, and so I... But, I mean, 
the Sacramento element was was third to a movie about a mother and a son and cancer and and Molly Shannon. I mean, it was like ding 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 ding. All the, these are all things I want to see. And he's gay. Oh, yes. uh, and so uh, I saw it then, and I really loved it. And then I must have watched it probably in the last two years, or you know, maybe it was a, a twenty twenty fugue state quarantine movie. But I pretty much only remembered that Molly Shannon was great in it. I remembered that John Early was in it. I, and I think maybe I remembered the, the drops of Jupiter being a thing. And I remembered that yes. minivan, which we'll talk about. Um, oh yeah. But that was it. And that is not everything. Certainly. Yeah. I'm surprised. I think it, it's, it definitely goes to show or just like, it's one of those movies, I think, for you, if I may say so boldly, mm-hmm. that um, it's not that you didn't enjoy it the first two times or maybe even three times, but like I can only imagine your excitement watching it again, you know, in the last two days because I was like, she's in this? Uh-huh. She's in uh-huh. this? That's like, it was just a chorus of that. And just, it's like a near perfect movie. Like, as far as yeah. just like, yeah. The subject matter and, like, being a gay man and, like, relationships with your mother and, uh, you know, power struggles with your father or just, like, for acceptance of, of who you are. And it, it has a lot. It packs a punch. And I, I really, really liked this movie. And it's crazy to me. I mean, it <laughs> sounds bizarre to say... Why wasn't Molly Shannon nominated for an Oscar or a Globe at least, Colin? I know. It's, uh, it is, I mean, she got that independent film spirit award. Uh, We will talk talk about about that. that. Yes. But (laughs) I was, you know, uh, I was very excited for you to watch this. And like, again, it wasn't until I watched it again where I was like, oh my God, I had no idea what I was suggesting us to do (laughs) like if i had any idea she was in it or that happened or she did this i i think i would have pulled the hacks protocol alarm and i would have just like staged a coup until you watched it like i i would have been i didn't know how important it was for us to do this movie I think that's kind of what I was very clunkily trying to say before, too, is like, I'm surprised that this hasn't been, yeah, that you pulled the hat, yeah. like the lever, yeah. and just been like, nope, this is cutting to the front of the line. Like, we should have done this a long time ago. But I'm glad it's now. Oh, I my mean, God. What better time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was, I was thinking, is, you know, because the reason I, I thought of it was I, I kind of liked, and I don't know how often this has happened, but I liked when one movie would kind of inspire us to talk about a different actress, you know, and like there would be kind of a connective tissue through the episodes. And so I felt like, you know, Molly Shannon was popping up and getting on and she had a great featured role there. And, and, and that's where I thought, Oh, Molly Shannon. Oh, that's like, that'd be enough. Cause we'd already talked about Laurie Metcalf a few times. Not that there's too many Mm -hmm. times. Um, Yes. And never be enough. Yeah. And I thought, Oh, Molly Shannon, what, what am I, what am I missing there? And then other people popped in my head and then it was just like, but still, I think I, I think I, the only other sprinkle on that cupcake I realized was that June Squibb was in it. But I didn't even know about Darcy Carden. <laughs> I know, because like we would have not known about Darcy Carden, maybe. So you know, she would have not been at least in our house. She's a household name. Mm-hmm. Um, back in 2016, it's interesting how it's like knowing what we know now, especially doing this podcast and just being more aware of it. It's like oh. This checks more, like more than all the boxes. It's it's, oh, it's a gift. I mean, and I'm I'm jumping around these just hot takes, but like I swear to God, 
when the teacher scene happened, I was like, I can't take it anymore. Stop giving me everything I, I want. Everything I want. Stop. Like, I, oh my God, I have thoughts about the teacher. Oh my God. Okay. So anyway, I need to gather myself. Yeah, I mean, you can tell it's written by a gay <laughs> man. Yes. You know what I yes. mean? It's, it's uh, autobiographical and it, it, it gives us, like you just said, everything you could possibly want uh, with the women and and then some. But um, yeah, I say... I say we start. Yeah, I say we start. We I managed to just you know get some of the adrenaline out that I've been sitting on for the last twenty four <laughs> hours or so. But so to catch everybody up, where you know, because some people they don't they just do any mini money mo. Suddenly they listen to a podcast. They don't know what it's about. We are obviously today talking about 2016's other people, and while specifically, truly a best supporting actress in Molly Shannon. In some ways, this is also kind of, and really a BSAs of other people, because this is, this movie is packed with, with lady acting and packed with great scenes and, um, the, the IMDb synopsis, because I always just like, let, I like to let them do the work, you know, uh, a struggling comedy writer fresh off a breakup and in the midst of the worst year of his life returns to Sacramento to care for his dying mother. I mean... Like, the gay whistle tones are deafening just reading that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I remember reading... It was... I read about this. Like, it was on my radar a little bit, but I never pulled the trigger, and I just... I don't know why I didn't, I but um, I did now, and that's all that matters. Yeah, well, you know, it, it, here's, a, here's a thought. Here's one thing, because I... I honestly, like, I know that I feel like, you know, we make it out to be like, you're the one who doesn't watch anything. And I'm just like, just press play. But like, I'm, I'm (laughs) the exact same. I'm just talking a big game and I'm semi-retired. So I have a lot more time to lay around and watch things. So one issue that I have that I is similar to this or what often stops me from hitting play on things uh, and relevant for this movie, because this movie was on Netflix, Netflix, like thumbnails are routinely awful. Like, I never want to watch anything on Netflix because the little thumbnails are all, I just make a snap judgment of like, oh God, that looks stupid. Oh, I I can already. And, and so to look at this and to see, you know, other people, which is like a good title, but I kept wanting to call it some people or, you know, like it's a little bit of a vague title, but it is what it is. Um, but you look at this cover and it's just like a blue background and then like side profiles of Molly Shannon with her hands on her hips on, you know, facing Jesse Plemons in a plaid shirt on the other side. And then a lot of yes. like, you know, pull quotes from different uh, critics. And it just, it doesn't tell you anything. And like, I might look at that and make the snap judgment of like, oh God, this is like some cutesy story about like a sassy mom and her like slouchy son never mind you know yeah and i know that that's on me i know i'm judging a book by its cover but like that's how it works girls like that's that's you know that's why movie posters are so important that's why trailers are so important you know and Netflix can really, like, fuck up a thumbnail. Like, to add to that, like, mm-hmm. I, I think that even some of the Oscar-nominated, like, winners even of movies are sometimes... I remember, like, the King's Speech poster. Not that that's, like, my favorite movie by any stretch. Mm. But, like, it was just... It looks so uh, pedestrian and weird. I was like, these are the stills that you're using? I just don't understand why they did that. Mm-hmm. But with all that being said, I think... Netflix has been around long enough where they need to like uh, 
up their game with the algorithm because I didn't even know this movie. Like the fact that I didn't know this type of movie wasn't was on Netflix rather. Right. Is crazy to me. Like I yeah, I watch a lot of mainstream bullshit and obviously that's the point. They put that on the front page for you because they want you to watch it, but there needs to be like a BSA Netflix platform. I mean, you know, it 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 begs for there's a Criterion collection, there's Shudder yes. for horror movies. You know, there's there's probably one for I don't know. There I don't there needs to be one that's just actressing. Like it's just all movies that are just like if you watch movies for the even acting. You know, I'll, there's men, sure, there are queens, yeah. there are Anthony, John, you know, Stanley. Um but if you watch things for the acting and then classify it, like here's Oscar winners for best supporting actress or here's, you know, I know Netflix has like move shows with a strong female lead, but like that, that's getting that's there. That's close. But, but yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I hear you. Well, I'm putting out the call. I, you know, I know I need I know. this Netflix, Netflix, make it happen. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what we would call that app. I, I, I can't even begin because it's going to be a lot of ums and uhs for me for 20 minutes. So put a pin <laughs> yeah. in what would we call the Criterion Collection for Actrosexuals? I don't know. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is just like Lady Watch. Lady Watch. I mean, I mean it's like get Ryan and Jason to be the face. They they could be the... Um, Oh, who's the guy that they always gave a Robert Osborne? Right. Award. They can be the Robert Osborns the, of the, Lady Watch, mm-hmm. the curators. The yeah. yeah, yes, right. and we would gladly give them that. Okay, all right, so it's great. There we go. Great big business venture. <laughs> so you know, copyright that. Yes. You know, yeah, that's how copyrights work, right? So yeah. Anyway, so that's my gripe about Netflix. That's my Andy Rooney gripe about Netflix at the end of sixty minutes, but. Uh, more importantly, other people is, oh my God. So Molly Shannon, I think has done some other dramatic works. Like she dramatic works, listen to her, uh, dramatic projects. Like she, she was in year of the dog. Uh, she did, I feel like she played Emily Dickinson at some point, but I maybe had a fever dream. about that. No, but I think that there was. A little wink to that, if I'm not mistaken. I feel like it wasn't like you know, Ammonite. Right, you know, right, was, exactly. It was, it was, <laughs> right. I, I'm I'm fairly certain there was a wink. If not, then um, I stand correct. Yeah. Uh, oh, I remember she had a very small role in Promising Young Woman uh, that I wanted. Yeah, I saw that credit. Yeah, yeah, that I wanted more from, and it, it was just she didn't wasn't given much to do. But uh, but in any event, she is. I I mean. I watched an interview that she and Chris Kelly did for uh, like a build interview and between you and me and our listeners, I think I love build interviews and that I love the shows like pen 15 has done an interview and drag race does them blah, blah. I don't love that interviewer. I think that he's a little like, I'm like very anxious the whole time watching him because he's just, he, he doesn't, feel prepared and he interrupts a lot and it doesn't feel very assured like you know he's no he's no diane sawyer you know yeah i mean it's that it matters yeah it really does because it's like you need them to it's like watching anyone like on stage if you know someone's nervous or just like not really throwing out the energy that like that is comfortable and you, you're stuck with them and then like the interviewer like the interviewee has to like comfort the interview yeah like, to steer that ship like 
that ugh, yeah. So that you, that you're describing perfectly what this what the segment was like. Yeah. And Scott, I was going to send it to you, and then I was like, you know, that's not. Don't do that to somebody. Don't make them watch yeah, this. I don't want to. Yeah, that. I, I figured. I thought, you know what? Let me just <laughs> spare her. But uh, one point that Molly Shannon made that I think is very accurate. She said that you know, people who primarily do comedy are often very good at trans. You know. Tr- translating that into doing dramatic acting but dramatic actors often struggle doing comedy because they're they can often be so cerebral about it and like thinking about being funny versus just letting go and just like playing and just like letting it come out and i thought that was really interesting and i think that's so true and repeatedly i feel like we've seen that where actors who we know to be funny when they get serious it's like surprisingly impactful Yes, I would agree with everything that I mean. I guess Molly said in that in that uh, regard. Yeah, I I think the the because I think a lot of acting or just doing anything in the arts is ability is is to just have full control or just like knowing that you're gonna look like an idiot most of the mm-hmm. time, and or you're gonna feel like one at least too, and that can really sort of derail a lot of things, obviously too. But like if you like if you're I don't know if you've been in an improv troupe or if you're just like willing to be silly I guess I'm basically saying what you just said but like there is like great freedom in that that you can really do it all yeah and I I feel like there is that part of like when you're doing comedy and you're letting go like there's a certain level of vulnerability I think you know that you have to stop thinking about how you're looking or making or producing that moment and I feel like that must translate I mean you see it in this movie there's so many moments where Molly Shannon the actor has to be vulnerable and Mm -hmm. you know you really do see how that translates where her willingness to to do Mary Catherine Gallagher and her willingness to be uh, Sally O'Malley and, and, and everything that she's done where she has just made a fool of herself. Like now it's like, now she just gets to make the choice. She's in that space of like, well, it doesn't fucking matter how I look. So it's just like deciding what you're doing in that space. And I, and I feel like she is, um, I feel like a lot of the SNL ladies I look at now is like, like formidable dramatic actresses as well, you know? Yeah, I would. It's like it, you're saying that, and I can't think of any, but I know that. Like, like even Kristen, Kristen Wiig, Wiig in Bridesmaids yeah. is great. Maya Rudolph mm-hmm. um, is exceptional as well, too. Like, she can access that. Um, Anna Gasteyer. I mean, I feel like yeah. there's, like they're all good actresses, you know? Um, yes, yes. And so, like, Amy Poehler, you know, is a great dramatic oh, actress, you know? Yes. So, uh, yeah, I, and I'm not saying that the ones, you know, the current cast isn't that way or, or previous ones. I just feel like yeah, in yeah. general, I found that to be true. I mean, A.D. Bryant on Shrill. There's another example. Yes, um, yes, yes. You know, not an actress, but certainly a queen. I would love to see Bo and Yang in a dramatic role, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, I think that'd be yes. like, I don't know if I could see Matt Rogers in a dramatic role, but I think I could see Bo and Yang killing a dramatic role. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd like to see both. I'm like yeah. the story of Matt and Bowen. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's that it's that gif of Monique. I would like to see it. Have you seen that gif? Yeah, <laughs> I love that gif. I don't know if I've seen. Is it from Precious or is it? From it's something just like else? her in an interview wearing like a pink and blue track jacket, and she's out doing an interview, Ooh. and she and she was like, "Oh, I would like to see it. You should look it up. It's uh, it's a great reaction gift to have in your in your catalog." <laughs> Nice. So okay, I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway, I uh, so Molly Shannon in this movie to you know basically the structure of the movie is that it's it's basically the final year of her life. 
we know from the very first scene that she's gonna that gonna die because she's dead in the first scene and uh and then it just kind of goes back a year and we see her decline and and also more primarily uh her son david's own experience navigating her death but also navigating his his career and his relationship with his father and his sisters and his ex-boyfriend and um and so yeah as a as a gay man in his thirties, uh, I was just like, who loves these stories about grief and, you know, briefly lived yeah. in Sacramento. And, uh, and I just talked to my mom yesterday on the phone for like three hours and then watched other people. And I was like, I think this was a rough combo, but, uh, it, yeah. it, so I feel like that also impacted my viewing experience, but it was like, this just hit every nerve. Like I, I, I was jealous that I hadn't written this movie. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. I'm I'm surprised it hadn't been written before, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's everything, like every plot point, every detail. It's like, yeah, yeah, I would have. Mm, mm-hmm. Oh, you got there. You got there way before yep. I did. And good for you. Yeah. <laughs> good for you. Even like in the, like, I, after the that sort of prologue scene and then we get the opening credits, like even that first scene at the Christmas party, how quickly, how quickly we get introduced to grandma and grandpa on the couch. Uh, June squib on the couch. June squib on the couch. I mean, so I like, I cannot get enough of June squib, first of all. (laughs) Yeah. But June squib, the two of them, June squib and Paul Dooley, I there was a lot about them that reminded me of my own grandparents. Like there, yes, there was yes. like, they were nailing the grandparents vibe. They really were. I mean, even I, my entrance line for the podcast was almost, you're going to get a lot of material tonight <laughs> when she's on the couch. I like even that conversation, like I'm of course I'm no longer in New York, but when I was there and coming home and like, you know, I, I had, like, a moderate amount of, like, regional theater success in New York, mm-hmm. I will say. It wasn't like I was just sitting around, but, like, I wasn't where I, at least I thought I wanted to be. But, like, at least I was living in New York, and that was cool. Right. And I would go home, and, like, your family, especially my family, and it's it's no fault of theirs. It's like, they, they just don't know how it works. And, but they're also like interested and supportive at the same time. So I love that that conversation took place. Yeah. I, I mean, my stepdad used to call me city boy. There's our city boy. Uh, and it was, and it was always such a thing. It was always such a thing. So for grandma's first line to be, oh, there's our New York city boy. And, and yeah, the way she's sitting on the couch and how she like reaches over the back of the couch and like hits it to like get someone's attention. Like it's, I just, there, and there's something about having a family party. I remember my, my aunt and uncle used to have a Christmas Eve party every year. And, par, and ev- almost, probably every year I was at that party, my grandparents would sit in the same place in the living room on the couch in one of the chairs. And that was just a thing. Like the grandparents, they weren't mingling. You know, they were just sitting there and then people would come and talk to them, you know. And, yeah. Uh, or pe- other people would be in the room with them. They were not like alone in the room in the living room and we're all in the kitchen, you know. Um, but I just felt like that's what this was. It's like, oh, yeah, grandma and grandpa just sit on the couch. Like, you want to drink, grandma? You need a refill. Like, someone gets it for them, you know? Yeah, she'll get grandpa's plate and bring it to him, you know? Right. I just, I love, I also love, because my grandparents, my mom's um, 
parents used to call each other grandma and grandpa. Uh-huh. They never called each other by their first names, which I love. Oh, yeah. I love where she's like when she's scolding him later or just like saying, oh, grandpa. Oh, grandpa. You know, like, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I... Oh, God, I just love this whole first scene, really, this party. Like, Matt Walsh with those, like, ridiculous yeah. teeth. I'm always glad to see him. I, I love, love Matt Walsh. Him. And yeah. Actually, the hardest I laughed in this movie <laughs> was when... Um, what? I, I'm, I don't know why I can't remember the main character's name. Uh, David. Jesse Plemons. David. Mm-hmm. David, yes. Um, when he's outside calling Paul, and he's just like, yeah, I don't know. We're just like... We're just, everyone's like just talking. It's like we're in like some, what did he say? Like some play. Yeah, like we're in, a, we're, like we're in a play, yeah. Yeah, and it's like such a, like a, like a young, I don't know, late 20s, like writer thing exactly. to say. Like, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is, and then Matt Walsh comes out of nowhere and scares the shit out of him. Yeah. And it's just like, it's so funny because I thought it could have been like this dramatic little thing. And it's just like, he took it right out of there and just like, uh, with this stupid gag, I laughed so hard at that um, and was also annoyed for him. At I point. know. And like, and that part of me was like, oh, <laughs> like wanting the, wanting the phone call to go on. And, but like feeling, I feel like that's, that's how this movie continues to work. Even in that first scene, it's always like a comedic rug getting pulled out from under the dramatics, you know? It's like the voice, the, yes. the voicemail from the woman in line at the Del Taco and, oh, you know, uh, that, I mean, that was, I need that. That's my next lip sync. I, I, I you know, I, <laughs> what was it that you sent me that I thought you should do a lip sync of? You sent me something recently and I was like, oh my oh, God, you should do yeah. a lip sync of that. I don't know. I'll look it up as you, as you talk. Yeah, and, and I still feel that way. My feelings haven't changed. Um, You're like, by yeah, the way. Yeah, by the way. Yeah. Call it me. might be nice. Yeah, it might be nice. It might be nice. Uh, <laughs> oh, but then, I mean, what I love about this first scene is, like, just the... It's, it's, again, it's as if they knew we were watching, because then... I don't know. Did you ever watch Reno 911? I, you know what? I should have been, like, obsessed with it as a kid, and I just... Or teen, rather, and I... Never got into it, but yes, I have watched. Yeah, and I, I, I know like the broads, and yes, she's in. You that. recognize Carrie yes. Kenny, yeah, who plays Aunt Lynn. Yes, and then she comes in. Oh, we were watching SNL the other night. We looked for you. I mean, that's, I, I the, the perfection, the casting. I felt like I knew these people, and I a I'm shocked this wasn't actually filmed in Sacramento. It was filmed somewhere in Southern California, but like. There was a lot about the way these people interacted, and it's not all negative. It just is real. The way the house looked, the all the new construction. There was so much about this that was so pitch perfect, accurate Sacramento. I was, I was blown away. But she, Carrie Kenny, just felt very Sacramento to me. Um, yes. And then yes, yes. So then, so we get Matt Walsh, we get Carrie Kenny, and then we get Paul Appel with a healing wand. Like oh my god and 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 this is all in the span of like five minutes. I mean, this is like an overwhelming number. It was a lot at once. It really was, and I and I feel like this kind of goes into maybe a little bit. I mean, really, the whole movie too about how and I'm sure he's drawn from like real life, like in writing this movie, but like how people are just kind of idiots sometimes like when it comes to dealing with like cancer and like trying to be helpful but like what you're saying is not helpful like the wand obviously is not going to heal anything but i i I feel like at that point molly's like i'm just gonna go for it right you know like i'm gonna go along with this rather like and just um 
ah, gosh, it's like, it's so hard to be on the outside of that. And obviously to be like related to the family member who's going through it, but there's no easy way to do it. There's no way that doesn't get like messy or uncomfortable. And I love that they showed that yeah. stuff because it's so part of the journey of all of this. Right. That like no one's really good at this. There isn't really a template. Yeah. To, yeah. Uh, I figured out the mystery of the lip sync that I am publicly calling on you to. Uh, so did so, I. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, well, maybe. Do you, maybe we want to it might come up save in, that later. Uh, yeah, all right, all right. After yeah, okay. Show, so consider maybe. wink, yeah. wink. Yeah. yeah, it's a deep tease, deep tease. All right, that's good. <laughs> yeah, we didn't plan that. Um, so then, I mean, that yeah, we get and not for nothing. I I also did really enjoy uh, David's sisters played by. I wasn't very familiar with Madison Beattie, but I know Maude Apatow. I've seen in a bunch of things. Yeah. And I, I, part of me, besides that, like, kind of scene towards the end of it, I guess it's intentional as well, too, that David is pushing away kind of everyone and bearing himself in his writing or lack thereof, too. So it's like, I wanted more sisters because you have two sisters. Like, I love that sort of dynamic. I would have killed to have two sisters as a gay man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I like that I, that during the, throughout the movie, I kept expecting that, like, there was going to be oh, sure, let's go for a walk. I thought we would see that happen, but I kind of liked mm-hmm. that you don't get any clue of that until the end. And like the sort yeah. of holding out for that, I thought was really the better choice and more realistic and, and didn't feel as like expected. Agreed. So, 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 you know, who we also meet early on in this party is Bradley Whitford as Norman, who... I imagine you're a big fan of because isn't he a West Winger? He is. I mean, it is peak Bradley Whitford. Like, I've never not known anyone who's watched the West Wing that wasn't, like, lusting over him. I think his name is Josh Lyman. Yes. In the West Wing. I think that I know, yeah. Uh, It is, like, 90s almost like a David Strathairn sort of situation, you know, like when he just looks so good and like, cause they're both handsome men who I'm talking sure. about right now. And like, but oh gosh. And yeah. And like, I, I love that he was cast in this role. I really like him as an actor. I, I was completely sold on this idea. Like I thought he would be cool dad, but he's not cool dad. Yeah. Which I think works even better in a weird way. Right. Like, cause yeah, he gives off the vibe of, of a dad who'd be super cool about everything. But I think that like, I, I, yeah, it adds like a whole other level of tension that may or may not have been true in Chris Kelly's life. But I, I was glad to yeah. see it. Cause I think that that it didn't feel also didn't feel heavy handed of like, Oh, dad's homophobic. I, it sounds like there were issues in the past. Like his dad had cut him off, you know, after he came out, but it, yeah. It's not like his dad is still that person. And it sounds like even Joanne had, you know, didn't take it well. You know, what I like is that, like, when you first meet David and Joanne, like, in that first scene in the bathroom on New Year's, you sort of get the vibe from her right off the bat of, like, oh, this is the kind of mom that had no problem with him being gay, was super cool about it. And I think then we come to find out that she didn't take it well either at first. And I like that nuance because I think there was even that added tension that it hasn't always been this perfect relationship. She's, she's had to evolve as well, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think out of everything, this is what I related to the most, like is there it, cause it took, I came out when I was 19 and it wasn't until I was like 29 where things really started to get 
better. That's like kind of when I met Keon and I finally like sat my parents down and I was like, listen up, this isn't going away. You know, it's, right. I didn't have like a picnic table scene outside the church. Like I wanted to have that, which we'll get to. Um, but my, my dad didn't cut me off by any means, but like there was like an emotional cutoff. Like it was, a, it was, a, I, we're not going to talk about this mm-hmm. and we're, you know, and like at all for 10 years. Wow. <laughs> and, um, and my mom certainly had a similar, I think she was just trying to play peacemaker and, um, and trying to, and I think obviously she played a huge role in like really coming or like. It was kind of like a switch. I don't know what my mom said to my dad, but all of a sudden things were okay. And I, I feel like there was like, like the, behind, the behind the scenes of that I would love to see. Right. But also, um, yeah, my mom didn't do so well either at the beginning. So I was like really invested in that idea because I think even in the movie, he says it's been like nine years or 10 years of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like... Yeah, I know what that's right, like. Right, right. Yeah, sometimes there's like those little details in a movie where you're like, oh my, or like reading something where it just feels like, uh, am I being punked? Like, how do you know my life? You yes. know, like why? Yeah. I thought I was, details matter. yeah, I thought I was the only one who knew that, that yeah. feeling or that experience. Um, you know, before I forget, I, because I need to see if it was still true. I, did you know they're unfortunately now divorced, but did you know who Bradley Whitford's previous wife was yes i do miss jane casmeric yes a previous bsa i love that yeah i know and i guess they're not anymore they're not no he's married to amy landaker now who was in transparent oh cool yeah she played sort of the main character uh well, Jane got the good years. Yeah. <laughs> she got the young. <laughs> Jane did get that's the good years. Yeah, Jane got the yeah. good years. Yeah. Um, yes. But he looks great in this movie, you know? I got to give it to him. Oh, he does. He was, a, he, he was a hot dad. Yeah. Yeah, he still is. Yeah. He looks great on Handmaid's Tale. He has, he's like rocking. He's like the Silver Fox sort of white beard. It's it's great. Oh, my God. <laughs> well. It's too much. Uh, well, speaking of men, uh, I... Yes. What are your thoughts on, let's talk about John Early. Oh, I think he was so great. And where where is he from? Like, what's, I feel like he's like a, a Las Culturistas alum. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I feel he runs with that. And I feel like I've seen him, like, does he have like a web series? Where is he He going? is, I, uh, I know that that he and Julie Klausner are friends. He was on How Is Your Week? Oh. And so it's a great episode. Okay. I, I, Maybe that's... Yeah. He is... I, there is something about him that I haven't placed... It's like there must be someone in my life who he is reminding me of because he feels so familiar. Like, you... He... You wouldn't have to tell me that he was someone who grew up outside of New York, who moved to New York after college. Like, you don't... Like, duh. You know? Like, there's just something... He is... Yes. And is a gay man. And, like, I just... I feel like there's something about his energy where I'm like, oh, I know who John Early is. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, For what it's worth, his birthday is January 21st. Mine is the 31st. So he is a cusp Aquarius, uh, which means, you know, whatever. But uh, I see you, fellow Aquarian. Uh, he's who did I just find out was an Aquarius? Ooh, Cecily Strong is an Aquarius. Oh, that makes me feel good. And I felt... I just fucking love yeah. him anyway. But yeah, he's in um John Early is a Nashville boy, which I love. I love like a southern gay 
Um, and he was in Search Party. That's yes. what I was looking for. He I was searching for. Yes, if you will. yes, that yeah. was his the, the, probably one of his biggest like TV roles was his Search Party. Uh, I think he pops up. Yeah, I see he popped up at one point in Difficult People. He oh he was in that Fun Mom sense. Dinner. Oh Fun Mom Dinner. We don't. I don't think we've talked about Fun Mom Dinner. Have we? I remember hearing about it. Maybe you talked to Johnny about it on yeah, Mary, I, but I, I, or maybe it was us. Who knows? I think I did it with John on In the Details. We talked about Fun Mom Dinner. Oh yeah, but I remember. Yeah, that. you should well, you should put it on the list. It's terrible, but I love it. I can't stop watching it, <laughs> but I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, John Early and and a ton of other things. You know, he did a bunch of episodes of At Home with Amy Sedaris. Uh, oh yes, blah blah blah, etc. and so forth. But I I love this role. I'm glad that he wasn't just like the sassy gay friend, but that there was some meat on those bones. You know? Yeah, I I think it was. I feel like as if you're writing something like. I think I was like reading something lately and I don't know how, like what you feel about it too, but like your readers will forget like readers or watchers, you know, if, if you're watching a movie or a play will forgive you for one thing as far as like, Oh, that's kind of a bit of a stretch, mm-hmm. but I actually don't think it is. But the fact that um, his name is Gabe right? yeah. in the mm-hmm. movie, yeah, that Gabe's mom also died of cancer. It's like, what are the odds of that happening and that they're best friends, too? But I was like, you know what? I don't even care because, like, I love that he has someone to talk to. And really, that's kind of what he needed most while he was there in Sacramento as well was just like please get me out of here and that awful, oh, the gay bar in Sacramento. Oh, my God. I It was... I mean, yes, go. Oh, I, go. yes. So I, I want to just, I definitely fully 110% agree with you on that idea that you'll forgive one thing because that was yeah. the one thing I had to forgive about this movie was the scene after they leave Gabe's house and it felt like an ADR moment of we need to add this in of, oh, remember right after we adopted, they adopted Justin like five minutes later, my mom got sick when I was in junior year. Yes. I was like, yes, oh, yes. guys, you can't do that. Like you that's cheating. Like you have a whole five to seven minute scene of them connecting in a bar. You have other ways of doing this. I know you have other yeah, ways of doing that's this. Interesting. You know, it's interesting. Uh, there's so many other ways of doing that. And I, that I think it would have worked, but that I just, that's a, that's, that's a very good point is that there's one thing you'll forgive. I, yeah. um, but yes, then they go to this gay bar that, I when I lived in Sacramento, I think I went to maybe like one. I, I I probably I could count on one hand the number of times I was in a gay bar. I just didn't go out very much, and that's a whole other yeah. sad story set in Sacramento. But uh, but she's better now. But um, I <laughs> I can definitely say that this felt very accurate. It, it and it's probably true for a lot of medium sized cities, you know and. Even big cities have dumpy bars, but this, this was um, this was a very lived-in experience. It was. I think it was just so. Per- I, I've not been to Sacramento. I don't know what the gay bars are like there. But like downtown Pittsburgh is like pretty bumping. There's like at least three gay bars that I can think of at the top of my head. But like, there is something. 
I don't want to say sad, but it, it, it just bummed me out a little bit. But, you know, at the same time, like at the end of the night, everyone's out on the dance floor. It's one of those situations. It's not fun to go to that bar at like seven, you know, like mm-hmm. you got to get there at like 1030 or 11. Yes. Uh, which is usually when I'm going to bed. So Yeah, right. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's out of my league. Um, yeah. When you lived in Astoria, did you ever go to Albatross? Here's a confession, Colin. I well, yeah. I shouldn't say that I didn't go to any gay bars because that would be crazy, but I did not go to Albatross. Okay. I didn't go to any gay bars in Queens, I will say. You know, and, and back then there, there probably was a limited number unless you were going to Jackson Heights. But and Astoria sure. really only has two. is just Albatross mm-hmm. and, and Icon. And, and listen, I live three blocks from Albatross, and I still have never been there. So yeah, uh, I feel like I, I, I've made a new friend recently in the neighborhood. I think we're going to go, and that'll you know pop that cherry. But... I feel like Albatross and this bar are are very similar from what I've seen. And so no judgment to the dingy down-home bar because there was in in Manhattan, there was a bar that is unfortunately now closed. So sign of the cross, rest in peace. But 9th Avenue Saloon was a dump. But I loved 9th Avenue Saloon. And I used to live down (laughs) the street from it. And it was was just, you know... uh, to your point, those kind of bars can be a lot of fun. Don't judge a book by its cover, but um, they also can be very much like what we saw in the movie. Yeah, like if you're going there for a hookup and you're younger, you know, and there's you know, the the guy that was just kind of milling around, yes. you know, David. It's like, yeah, we've all been there before, um, but it's still like a safe space, and like, why not go? I. I I think it was two weekends ago, we went to a bar, ironically called P-Town in Pittsburgh, and um, there was like a DJ, and you had to pay like a cover, oh. and there were like 10,000 people. Oh my gosh. And no one was wearing deodorant. Oh it wasn't 10,000 people, but like, <laughs> but, yeah, I... <laughs> it was like, it was um, it was very crowded, but you know what, we, we drank before, it was fine. There was also a line around the block, I just have to complain for 30 more Please, seconds. Please, no, but, you know, yeah. We got in. And, um, but it was like queer with a capital Q. I loved how many different like walks of life or like walks of queerness there were because there were bears, there were young twinks, there were, it's like everyone in between, Mm -hmm. like guys and girls and, and the theys and the thems. And it was awesome. And I, I had never quite had that experience before or like in a while, really. Like I can't even remember the last time I went to a gay bar. So like it made me want I don't know. I feel like you and I are always talking about like community and like really trying to, you know, set aside the social anxiety of just like going out there and like meeting some people. Yeah. Yeah. Like a gay bar is like, it can be 50, 50, you know what I mean? Depending on what people are looking for. But like, it was, it was a really fun night. I had a good time and, uh, yeah, that's all. Oh, good. Well, I'm (laughs) glad it was fun. I'm cause you know, those situations you can kind of walk in and just be like, Ah, I got to get out of here, you know? Um, I'll be at Wendy's, yeah. Uh, So, but other times it's also like, okay, take a deep breath. You know, you're just feeling threatened by a good time, you know? Like maybe relax, get a drink, look around. It's actually not that bad, yeah. Yes, Uh, Um, but anyway. But anyway, well, uh, I do, I'm curious, before we move on from, from Gabe, I would also, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Justin. Justin is a star. Oh my God. <laughs> That's like what I wrote in my notes. I, 
Like if we made a formal like five to one countdown, it would be very hard to not put him at number one. Like as far as just like the impact and like how much uh, like I was jealous of him, like the, the fact. So Justin is Gabe, um, uh, John Early. Yeah. John Early. Mm-hmm. Uh, his his younger brother or stepbrother, I guess. I think it's his is, younger. Is ad- it's his younger adopted brother. Yeah. Younger adopted brother. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. There's a difference there. Um, and he is just like this fabulous boy who just does not know how to not be himself, I guess. And I was just like in awe of him, like just watching like, like everything he says is a soundbite. Everything. Oh, I mean, and when, when David comes over and, you know, when Justin is like, you know, you should be warned. I, I'm fully aware that my room needs a, a total, you know, reno or whatever. And then he's like, oh, who am I kidding? This whole place needs a whole, you know, re- redecoration, right? And like slams the door. And it's just, it was, I I was so surprised at how nuanced this was for like young adult acting. Yeah, he was not, like I knew, it, <clears throat> it like defied, I don't know. It was this like cognitive dissonance. I was like, I'm looking at you. And you look like you're 10, but the way that you're talking and the confidence you have and just like the your vernacular and the way that, I don't know. I was just like, wow, I was, I wanted to see more of him and immediately like, I would have been able to sit and talk to him for like six hours. I would have been like, should we just like sit on your bed and talk about like <laughs> whatever? Maybe not sitting on the bed. That sounded gross, but you know. Right. No, but I know what you mean. We're, we're... But it's not in a way because yeah. he's like an adult almost. Right. I, don't know. I mean, he's not. But <laughs> but there is an element of like it feels like you're hanging out with like somebody's aunt. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so yeah, Justin, Justin, who the actor actually uh, transitioned and it goes by Josie uh, and okay. is... I guess has been in the new Saved by the Bell series, and you know, oh, great. it was on an episode of the new iCarly. So, uh, but yeah, so I, I, yeah, I was wondering, like, okay, where is this person now? Like, this, this yeah. can't be like a flash in the pan. So, uh, well, I'm glad that she's still thriving, yeah. and doing well because she. I mean, the you know, what's later, what comes later on is you know the performance. Oh, it's it's just bananas and. The little girl, like holding the train, <laughs> and the and the, yes. and the way that when Justin gets down to the living room and then pulls the train out of her hands when he like starts performing, it is such a funny nuance. I don't know how she was so per- she was such a perfectly like stunned potato the entire time. It was so funny. <laughs> yes. And the way that she poured the water oh, over him at God. the very end, it is so. Basically, Justin wants to put on a show. Um, for for his dad for his dad's I mean, 60th uh, birthday yeah yeah yes yeah, so, yeah and it's like an evening of movement and dance for my father rod stewart right who actually is named rod stewart in the movie which is great right. there's a program you know everyone's seated this is something that i would like have loved to have done as a kid oh i know and i just never did yeah you know i know i look at this and there's a part of me that like cringes but it's also like oh god like wouldn't like oh to have been to feel that free at that age to be like that like what kind of template that sets as an adult Mm -hmm. you know like who i would be at 36 if this is who i was acting like and being when i was 14 yeah and it i think it's important to mention too that like not everyone was a hundred percent comfortable. There was like the one woman on the couch that was just like, okay. Oh, I. But love I love that. that they included that. Like there was 
in general like support Mm -hmm. and yeah it's definitely like weird because you're so close to him and he's like thrusting in everyone's faces but it's the the comedy of it all too and just how ridiculous i loved it yeah i i loved like the the nuance of of Instead of people being outright like disgusted or disturbed, they're just kind of like blank faces. Like if I just, it's like Jurassic Park. If I just don't move, maybe he won't see me, you know. And I yeah. love, and that is very Sacramento, California, even Midwest mm-hmm. of like, oh well, yeah, no, this is fine. I'm not going to be confrontational about it, you know. Like that, there was just, it was just all very real in a very surreal situation. And I was like grateful that David finally was like, um. I think we could get arrested for this because I, I was about getting to that point of like, I don't think this, I don't think we should be watching this. And so I needed yes, exactly. someone in the movie to advocate for that. Yes, it was very smart. He's like, can we get arrested for this? We should be arrested right, for this, right. which is great. Uh, well, you know, there's one one name that I want to mention because we meet him, you know, I think around when they're at the gay bar and then the scene when they go to get milkshakes afterwards. But I, I would be remiss as usual to not go on monkey watch watching other people because the guy who works at the place where they get the milkshakes. Oh, yeah. Who, they, who, who Gabe and David see, you know, in that in the porn on their phone solid monkey man material looks like a monkey for listeners who don't know i like men who look like monkeys it's an ongoing thing there's a list this guy just made the list yeah what a he's such a doofus such in the a movie too. Oh, like, so I, but i loved but so hot yeah at the same time it's just like it's i love that like i don't know it's like they, they didn't have to include that scene but i love that they did i love that that's like part of this yeah. journey of like plus the milkshakes look great it made me want to oh god it made me want a milkshake so bad uh yes, and then that whole yes. scene is like it's almost like the oscar reel scene for molly shannon yeah. because it's such a set piece she's got this terrible wig on they're talking about like end of life details and and you know having like decisions about her you know life and all that and you know burial and whatnot and she just like plays this whole gamut of emotions from just like frustrated, sarcastic to funny to eventually she like gets emotional. And it's, it's, it's a remarkable scene. I mean, she and Bradley Whitford, the way they work off each other in that scene is, it's so nuanced. They, they play like eight different emotions in a minute. Yeah. I, it, it, I feel like it was really kind of the first uh, scene like that I guess like we we got little like glimpses of like just like the struggle of everything like mm-hmm. I know I, I feel like I mean I've seen I, I don't want to say like I've seen dozens of movies about uh, women and men with cancer too but like I feel like there is something really um I don't know it like we were saying like it's that we're gonna show or they do show the good, the bad, and the ugly in this movie. So, like, watching her throw up for, like, two minutes into a garbage mm-hmm. can and watching, like, the chemo process and, like, how horrific that is to watch. Like, I, I'm... It's weird to say I'm glad they kept that in, but I'm glad they kept that in. I feel like that is something that, like, again, like, a, a whole different avenue of, like, my 10 years of silence being an out gay man, but not, like, that. that was, I'm sure also resonated with other people too as just watching that and it probably wasn't pleasant but it still was there mm-hmm. 
Right. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I think of that scene of her crying at the at the hospital about not wanting to do another round and about the poor. Oh, God. And it's like, it's painful to watch. I mean, she is just, yeah. it's very much like there's a, you could do a side by side of that and like Tony Collette and Hereditary crying on the, on the bedroom floor, you know, yeah. with Gabriel Byrne standing over her. I mean, it's that kind of like, oh, God, this is like... It, this is some real fucking crying. And what I love about that scene is the way that it's filmed. There's probably no one else in that room, which I think is like, I always appreciate that. And they talk about this in that build interview is that for some of these scenes, Chris Kelly was very like cognizant of like, I need to create a situation where we can all feel very comfortable to go to these places. And so if that means clearing Mm -hmm. people off the set or like, and I think they did the same thing with that scene in hereditary where it was like, how can we have as few people as possible so that this can just be, this kind of intimate moment. And, uh, and I felt like that's, that, that's what this was, was the way they did it. Bradley Whitford and Molly Shannon were alone in that room. And I just, I was like, ugh, the, the acting of it all, you know? Yeah. In ways that was like one of my favorite scenes. And I love the shot, like through just like, you know, an inch or two of the door being open and like, it's like, we don't have to see everything that's going on in there. I mean, Mm -hmm. we can hear it obviously, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a good scene. Yeah. Now, a scene that I could have watched go on forever is Grandma and Grandpa's RV. Yes. <laughs> Lead us in. Lead so, us in. So, you know, the, you know the, as the movie charts us through the year, one month, you know, clearly the grandparents have come to visit. I get the sense these are RV people who do long trips around the country and are stopping in Sacramento for a little while. And it's, it's such a fabulous little, like, like, example of hanging out with your grandparents i i have had this experience when i i think it was i guess after freshman year it was maybe it was no i think it was after my senior year of high school and it was the summer between uh graduating from high school and going off to college and i think that summer like every week i would go to my grandparents house and i would help them with stuff around the house and like you know, nice. you fix different things that they need to get fixed or clean certain things. Or, and, and then a lot of it was like hanging out, having lunch, talking, going food shopping with my grandmother or things like that. Um, and just like, and they lived like 10 minutes away from us. So like we had always been really close. And so, uh, you know, this was, it was, you know, something I'd had most of my life with them. And so, but this particular summer, it was, it felt a lot like this scene in the RV where you're having, you're starting to have like adult conversations with your grandparents a little bit or, you know, and it's just that sort of, you know, uh, conversations are easy and, and chit chatty and, and they make stupid jokes and uh, it's, it all just felt very familiar. And I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to sit in that RV and eat a sandwich with them all day. I, 100% agree with everything you're saying. I there's there is like a really special I don't know how to describe it but like feeling or just like when I cuz most of your life like as a kid and as like a preteen you go to visit your grandparents with with your parents. Yeah. And then you you get to like get to know your grandparents as an adult and like you're like a young adult, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you're you, you're 18, like what do we know at 18? But still like 
And I remember like my 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 mom's mom um, and dad lived next door to us. Right. Like, grow, growing up, so that was great. And um, and like going to see my grandma Kachanov and like going to visit her and like. I thought, like, I remember the first time going down by myself, I was like, what are we going to talk about? Oh, my gosh. Is this going to be weird? And it wasn't. Of course it wasn't. Right. It was, like, it was amazing. And it, it, it just seemed easy. And, like, we just talked about nothing. Right. Um, but it was still, like, kind of good conversation at the same time. And, like, my grandma Malin, my mom's mom, who was still with us, Dorothy, mm-hmm. um, every time I still go over there, one time she was like, <laughs> Speaking of, uh, I think I said this in a previous episode that we call um, baloney jumbo right here in Pittsburgh. Um, she never asked me this ever, but like one time I went over by myself and you know I was there for like two minutes and she's like, "You want a jumbo sandwich?" And I, was <laughs> like, I, I think I said no because I was just like, I I think I had just eaten or something because normally I'll say yes to whatever she wants to give me, but typically it's like, "Do you want a pop?" Right. She's like, "You want a pop or something?" And just like. You know, uh, uh, gosh, I would love a jumbo sandwich, a can of pop, and like some some Ruffles plain potato chips. Mm. You know what I mean? On a paper plate, oh, it has to be on a paper it plate. Though, tastes you better know? on paper plates, absolutely. Yes, yes. Yeah, I grew up on paper plates, absolutely. With like a paper towel instead uh, of a nap. Uh, oh yes, my god, my yes. mouth is watering. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a pickle. Oh, no, stop it! I can't. I can't. <laughs> um. So anyway. I would love, as the movie eventually takes us to a trip to New York to see one of David's shows, we get to see some very uh, welcomed familiar faces, uh, including Nicole Byer, and who someone who I, I think I think like, if we did that five to one, this would she would be made. Oh, she might even be number two or number three. Is yeah. is Darcy Carden? The single tear, I, Colin. I, I couldn't. Ah, <gasps> ah, I. It was. Uh, it was giving me Rachel getting married. Oh, <laughs> just like Carol. <laughs> yes, Carol. I was trying to remember her name. <laughs> like someone who you don't need or expect that sort of reaction or emotional reaction to. You know what's being told to you, and she. I, w- I will never forget it. If I ever meet her, that would be the first thing I talk yeah. to her about. Yeah, that'd be the first thing. Like, I, the good place is fine, but like, can we talk about yes. other people? You had a single tear, and then yeah, and then you the good tears. and then you yeah. squeezed your nose and leaned against the bar, and uh. I had to leave the room. I just it was like the the inclusion, the decision to give that character that moment. I was like. Ah, I I watched that scene like five times. It it's so yeah. good. It's so good. I I think I gasped oh. when it happened. I just I was yeah. just like, how beautiful is this? Because at the same time, I feel like that could obviously happen. Because I feel like the guy was sniffling too, or yeah, crying or yeah. something too. Uh-huh. Like I was only focused on Darcy. And apologies to that actor who was also at the table. But um, just like because it's a it's a terrible situation Mm -hmm. like it's like my mom stopped chemo and they didn't know that and seemingly that he's you know they're your improv troupe they're like your ride or dies and of course they're gonna have that reaction yeah yeah it was just uh, it was brilliant next level next level 
so many nuances and you know even his his sister is there as well and like she starts crying yes, and it's just kind of in the edge of the yes. shot there's even a moment where when that girl melanie shows up that's her name in the kiss oh. list but i mean yeah. perfect i was like i know this girl oh uh so oh, yeah. i'm sure allison rich is lovely but she is also a phenomenal actress who played this character perfectly uh and i'm <laughs> yeah, assuming she's she's, no, she's nothing like her but uh i you know, there's a there's a moment after she shows up and she's going on where you can kind of see there's a moment where where his sister, Rebecca, is clearly making eye contact with Darcy Carden's character, but you can't obviously see that. And I just love the idea of like, oh, wow, they like exchanged a look while this was happening. Like, oh, the supporting yeah. characters are having a moment. Yeah, it's, it's why I watch movies. Oh, my God. That scene, that single tear and that like decision to give her that like moment that carol crying in the in the room alone moment yep yeah that i had the yes. same thought i was like this so this is something i want to like look for is is more examples of like basically these micro moments these supporting character micro moments so i am i am now on the hunt i was just gonna say it sounds like a a perfect recipe for in 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 the details oh yes uh, an episode like a countdown yes. yeah well i had an idea on the peloton today uh she says <laughs> as you do yeah as you do but i had i i i know that i i'm gonna talk about uh julianne Moore loves to cry but as an extension of that i've and i'm i'm not gonna this will just be a deep tease but i've kind of figured out it's sort of a series that I'm going to be doing that that oh, video will be kind of okay. inspiring, but it's, um, Oh, you know what? I, yeah. I'll tease it here on best supporting podcast. Cause I feel like these would be people who would listen to that. Uh, yes, please. this is all very fresh, but I think I'm going to be doing a series that is tentatively titled anatomy of a meltdown. And every episode <gasps> is just Ooh. zooming in just on a meltdown on a show or movie and just like what makes it great. And like, like that's the stuff I love. Why avoid it? You know. So yes, uh, lean in. Yeah. So there's some meltdowns in mind. There's one I may talk about in our best sporting after show that's going to be featured. But I just realized like that I would be really excited to do a many many like 25 30 minute episodes on of just breaking down a meltdown and and like what makes it special. Why. <laughs> like- can't wait yeah so that sounds amazing yeah yes yes, uh so i don't know why i'm on that tangent but i um there you go we love darcy oh we love but we love darcy carden and granted she didn't have a meltdown in this movie but i had a meltdown watching her in this movie yes yeah it was beautiful oh and i loved seeing nicole byer pop up she's so oh she's so charming she really is i think she's just like I don't know. I think she's uh, I, she's someone who I'm always excited to see. Mm-hmm. I think she like what she does on like nailed it, and I I know she's on like the other show where people like climb things, and she co-hosts it with like a professional John Cena. Oh, like, like wipeout, wipeout, wipe yeah, 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 sure. Like, I feel that what she does is like you have to be on, but like it's there's the way the way that she does it, especially on nailed it, is just like masterful. And I know that she was nominated for like an Emmy for hosting that, or at least there was an outcry of her that she wasn't nominated. But I'm pretty sure she was. I am just gonna. I'm going to say that here. Yeah. I think she was. Yeah. I'm going to manifest um, that if it's not true. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I would love to take us to a scene that I would love to see extended 
into like a 45 minute or hour long movie, you know, like a a nice tight hour. And that is later into the movie as Joanne's health has really declined and she's really lost most of her voice and, you know, is, is kind of weak, uh, where they go to see all her old teacher friends and this new teacher who's going to be taking over her class this year. It's, let's see, there's, there's David and Joanne. And then I think there's seven of them around the table otherwise. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. one of them is an absolutely divine, might even have made my list, Retta. Retta, I was so glad to see her. I like fell in love with that character. She just seemed like the nicest lady, you know, like I would have loved to have her be my teacher. And, and the fact that this is an elementary school, cause she's, she teaches second grade. Mm-hmm. Joanne does or did. Yeah. Um, and like, I can't even tell you how often I think of my elementary school teachers, <laughs> like how influential they were mm-hmm. and like how I just want to hang out with them now. Right. And uh, just, I mean, the line that I, I'm looking at now that I totally forgot that should have been my opening line is Target has some really good stuff. Right. I was like, oh, oh. I can't believe they said that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I, it, it's just, it was such a great it, a little, uh, you know, ensemble of, of, of actresses. Um, there was, who was also in... Hacks. There was uh, Rose yes, Abdu. Rose Abdu. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Actually, what's what I loved about this was that both Rose Abdu and Marla Garland are alums of the Comeback. Oh. Marla Garland was the was the blonde <gasps> woman with the glasses who said, "So long as you like wine." You fit in here. She's. I don't know that. I, I can't remember that. Oh, well, she was one of the ladies around the table, and okay. uh, she's more of a. She's a casting director. Her she's uh, her husband is Jeff Garland, who is in okay. like Curb Your Enthusiasm and all that. But uh, in the comeback, she plays the HBO executive Sharon, who's like in three episodes, but she's great. Um, oh, nice. But anyway, I just uh, I'm always spotting a, a comeback alum. And then there's also playing the new teacher is Lennon Parham Parham, who are you familiar with her? Lennon Parham? Yes, she is in the later seasons of veep and she's like insufferable like her character is just like i hated her mm-hmm. but she is so good and she's one of those funny women um that like you know but you don't know you yeah know? yeah she i i feel like she and michaela watkins and do i was just gonna say that uh-huh, yeah. right Ugh, perfect they go up for the same yes. roles i would like to see them in a movie together yeah uh, yes, and yes, she yes. is. She often does things with this other actress, comedian Jessica Saint Clair, who plays the woman who runs the the bridal place in Bridesmaids, where they have the diarrhea. Yes, and she was also in Veep. Then they had the show. They had a right? show. They've had a couple shows. There was um, Best Friends, and then there's another one, Playing House. Yes. Yeah. It was on like USA yes. or something yes. like that. Yes, yeah. USA. Uh, and Best Friends, I think I I think that may have been on like NBC and it only lasted a season and I think I ended up buying it because it was actually pretty funny. But they have a they have a, a, a fun dynamic. But I really like Lennon Parham. I think that she I can't say her last name, obviously. Parham. Parham. I think Parham sounds good. Parham, yeah. yeah. Parham sounds watch it be Parham. Sorry, Lennon. 
But that scene, I mean, in my mind, my fantasy of this, of this visit, is that this, what I'm envisioning is it's an hour-long, basically, like, filmed play. Like, it feels like, it's almost Mm. like the way TV used to be, where it was, like, a lot of theater on television. And it would open with Retta's character, like, setting up. Like, she gets to have it, like, at least, like, 30 seconds alone. And then eventually one of the other ladies comes in, you know, bringing, you know, drinks or something like that. And so we kind of meet all of the other teachers before we meet Joanne and David. I love it. And it's like drag race style entrances. You know what I mean? Everyone has a line. Totally. Yes. And you get to know them. And I just, like, there's a part of me that's like, oh, you know, maybe I can change it up enough that it doesn't seem like I'm totally ripping off this movie. But I would write that play yesterday. I would just have a ball writing those women. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the fact that, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like they're all sitting around a little table or maybe not I, like in my mind they are I think it's like yes it's or it's like a bunch of desks pushed together okay yeah I and like there's part of me that was like oh I wish this was um the version of Joanne like when she first got off chemo like New York Joanne but I'm but of course it like it makes it even more devastating that she's going to see these teachers like at this point and everyone's trying to keep stay positive and keep the conversation light and talk about Target. And, oh my gosh, Joanne, that blouse, like, oh my goodness. And just, uh, you know, telling the, what is it? The, what am, the chicken story. And yeah. but like, I just love that the, the chicken story came around again, but it's, it's not so funny this time because Molly Shannon just can't, she doesn't have the energy. Yeah. I thought, I thought that was so smart to have the chicken story be, you know, to, to watch, you know, can, and watching those scenes again, like seeing how, like alive she was in in New York and just how she like held court with all of his friends and and I think that made the the school scene so much sadder because you knew that this wasn't who she was and that at one point she was that with these ladies she was that big energy yeah. and it's like oh my god like and and I thought there was a nuance of Retta's character almost having to like take the lead like having to take tell the the chicken story like she had somehow like pick up the slack of the energy that joanne brought to that group yeah oh it's so sad that the the parking lot scene too where she's basically she makes like these little boxes Mm -hmm. for all the students that are coming up and i just the line of like i put a little piece of candy in there for each like it is it is devastating i think that's probably where i cried like the most because i was just like she loves teaching she loves these kids and she knows she's never gonna set foot in the school again yeah and the awkwardness of like vicky played by lennon Mm -hmm. um parham parham Parham. um of, of like not knowing how to say goodbye because it's it's not like well you take care like she says well come back soon and then as soon as she says it she realizes that that's not gonna happen and she kind of just like it's like juggles with it for a second too it's it's extremely awkward but like and then molly or joanne just sits there and like almost bursts into tears but she Mm -hmm. kind of smiles and waves at vicky oh it's that that i that scene was such a great i did not expect them to have that and i felt like it was i think if we i think seeing vicky in that scene gave us a different angle to her she wasn't just this like ridiculous out of touch person who couldn't hear the story like 
I, I felt like there was something about having, I know that that scene wasn't really about Vicky, obviously, but I can't help yeah. but notice the supporting character of the scene. And I, I liked, yeah, I, I liked that she, she was like, you know, it's still your class. Like I'm just babysitting it. Like she was another person having to kind of like struggle with having to navigate this and, you know, no one's better than anyone else at it. And you know, that line yeah. of like, I put a little piece of candy in there, but you can take it out if you want. I was like, oh no. Oh, <sighs> that's too sad. It was really sad. And, um, oh, Molly Shannon is just great. Yeah. She's so great. I'll tell you what I didn't like was that minivan. I, <laughs> oh, tell I, us. so I didn't really even notice. I mean, it was not great, uh, but go on. I, so when I was a kid, I feel like, you know, kids are weird, and I would just develop these very strong opinions about certain types of cars and especially certain types of minivans. And there were some that I just did not like. Got I got to be honest, I had very strong feelings, not necessarily against, but I never wanted one. But but the Dodge Caravan with the wood siding, you know, oh, yes. uh, I have very oh, yes. strong feelings about that. He comes in red or Robin's egg blue, yeah. and um, yes. <laughs> I hate both of them in their own ways. This is an Astro. No, this isn't an Astro van. Whatever it is, there's certain types of vans where I'm just like, ugh, I just, I don't like that van, and I'm making judgments about the people driving it. And for some reason, and I think it's because we had neighbors down the street when I was a kid, the Johnstons, who had this van, and they were they were wackadoo, and they and I and I think I just then associated that I didn't like their van either. I didn't like I hated <laughs> with the way their headrests looked. I hate those headrests. Um, so I love I I can get on board with some of this. I feel like to add to that the. The vans that I hated were like had really sharp angled fronts. Mm-hmm. They were a little bit more like pointy. I like a rounded van. Yeah. I, um, one color, preferably. Mm-hmm. I, I could see that. Yeah. But I love I love that your opinions are strong. Very conflicted about a Honda Odyssey. I'll tell you that much. Um, okay. It just okay. looks like a big butt. But anyway. <laughs> so anyway, I just had very strong feelings about this van. I think the Johnsons even had a blue van just like theirs. So that was the second thing I had to forgive about other people. Uh, yeah, trigger. Yeah, v- very triggered, clearly. But I love the inclusion of Delilah in this movie. Were you familiar with Delilah? Delilah? Delilah is the... is Oh, Delilah. Delilah. Was it actually Delilah? Yes. Or was it like a spoof on No, Delilah? this was the was. actual Delilah oh my of the radio. I love Delilah. I know. What? I mean, that's a mood. Delilah. Delilah. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so good. I When I worked at, um, oh, gosh, I was in Virginia, and I was working at Bush Gardens, and I had to work there over, like, I had to work there for the Christmas shows. I was singing, and uh, I missed Christmas that year because we had shows like it wasn't worth going home. Like right. I would have had to turn around and came back and there was like, it was non-negotiable and I was really missing my family. So I would listen to Delilah like every night on the, like the drive back and just like cry. <laughs> Not all the time, but right. sometimes Delilah doesn't get it right every single time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like in this scene. Yeah, no, totally. Like, right. I mean, yeah, that song. Oh my God. I, I hate that song. But then by the end I was like, Oh my God, these lyrics are so profound to the movie. Yeah. 
I would have not have thought of that song, but yes, yes, yes. Okay, this is really important, and I hope that Amanda Kaczynski and Jody are listening right now because uh-huh. uh, this is very important. We have not mentioned one very important character is the guy that David runs into at the supermarket who works at the supermarket who gets really nervous, and he's like, oh, let me get yes, you a DVD. Yeah. So who he was great. That character, I was like, oh, wow. I was like, this guy, he's like... What great casting. He was perfect. Who is this guy? I just clicked on it and I realized that he is none other than the love of Amanda's life, Mike Mitchell, who is... Is he a doughboy? He is a doughboy. <laughs> he is a doughboy. Uh, and so Jody will probably not ever watch this movie if she's listening and has heard this because yeah. she has strong feelings. But I just had to mention that, that he, I thought he was great. I, he is really I, good. I take Switzerland approach to Doughboys. I know it, it's very hotly contested between the two of them. Yes. But yes. I thought, wow. And on top of all that, we got a, a best supporting Doughboy in the movie. And I thought that was just such a great scene. And I, I, I don't know. I'm glad I know who that guy was. Yeah, I was just going to say, Amanda is running to her Netflix queue totally, right now to put totally. people on. Yes. Um, and just like fast I feel like she'll love this movie, though. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's like, don't fast forward. You're going to love this movie. I, yes, I, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I love that. I mean, and on that note, I, I feel like that may be, you know, there's certainly, there's so much to say, but I, I think in a movie that is really, Molly Shannon is the best supporting actress and maybe we'll end talking about that acceptance speech. Um, yes, it, it, you. I am so pleased to say that like you can't talk about this movie without also talking about the rest of this supporting cast because it is packed. Yeah, and I feel just before we we wrap things up too, but like Jesse Plemons. Oh sure, like, we haven't talked about him at all. Is yeah, so good in this, and like I only knew him from like Breaking Bad and like. I know he's, I feel like he is sort of like becoming this, I don't know if it's like prestige actor is too strong of a word, but like he does good work and always does good work. And like, I love that he was like, speaking of Doughboys, just a little doughy himself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't, it wasn't Love, Simon. You know what I mean? Like he's just a regular guy living in New York and like navigating this like, super difficult time in his life and i really really loved him in this movie yeah i mean i agree i thought he was i loved that rep that example of a gay man i mean no he's not gay but the character being gay that it was like oh yeah gay lots of gay men look like that and and sound like yes. that and and it's worth mentioning zach woods as his ex-boyfriend paul who i also thought was fabulous and that whole section of them together i thought they the two of them i was like i don't mind these straight men playing gay men right now it's great i know honorary queens yeah They're like almost too young to like queens in waiting Queen, yeah we'll yeah queens in waiting yeah it's like do a few more things like i love zach woods on the office as well so like you know i another gabe yeah, yeah. another gabe right so you know uh, yeah one day we'll really have to think about like who who are the other queens in waiting? You know, yes, male yes, queens in waiting. They just come to us. Yeah, they do. I mean? They do. They just they rise to the top. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, I, as I was saying, while the movie is full of potential BSAs, the true BSA really is Molly Shannon because she was nominated for and won some awards. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, IMDb. Oh, IMDb. Demi, why you do this to me? Uh, where is 
Okay. I got it. You know, ever since they changed their their layout, I know that format. I'm, I don't like those little circles of like the cast. There's no order. There's it's no. Not great. I, it's I not have great. been going on this website for, good God, like twenty something years, and yeah. I have. I, there's a way. Anyway, um, so she was nominated for an AARP Movies for Grown Ups Award, which is a big deal. <laughs> I would say so. But she won. The Film Independent Spirit Award uh, in 2017. So uh, I, I think what might be fun is to close out with maybe playing and just briefly queening out on her acceptance speech. Oh, yes. This is Molly Shannon's first Spirit Award win and nomination. Though she is best known as a distinguished alumni of Saturday Night Live, Shannon began her career as a dramatic actress attending NYU Drama School. Such an honor! Oh my goodness gracious! Thank you so much, Film Independent. I've never had anything like this in my life, and I I, I feel so grateful. I'm going to do this really fast because I don't want to take up a lot of time. Um, our amazing, brave writer-director Chris Kelly, thank you for offering me the best role. This incredible cast, my co-star Jesse Clements. Oh my God, you are a dream. My beautiful cast, Bradley Whitford, Mon Apatow, Madison Beatty. Adam and Naomi Scott, our producer Sam Bisbee, Jackie Kelman Bisbee, Lanza Court, Franklin Carson, the iHat sister Skip Sack, our amazing hair and makeup, my team, Stephen Levy, Jonathan Weinstein, Cheney Rosenzweig, Melissa Cates, Bria Schreiber, my husband Fritz, my kids Stella and Nolan. And now I'm gonna take a breath and I wanna say this. Cancer has become a part of so many people's lives. There can be a risk now in telling these kinds of stories. But when you get to the details of the real personal connection to it, the way Chris Kelly did with other people, I think these stories can be the most necessary kinds of stories to tell, full of messy, crazy, maddening, relatable real-life moments that do the essential thing I love most about movies. They magnify the human comedy and tragedy that binds us as a kind of family together. And we need that now more than ever. So please, everyone in this room, keep telling these kinds of stories. On a personal note, I thought so much about Chris's mom when I was making this movie, and my own mom, and I just want to dedicate this award to all the moms that would go to the end of the earth for their kids, for their families. God bless you! And I want to say, I want to say one more thing. And I want, I want to say one more thing. I really, truly, in this moment, feel like a superstar. I mean, the comments on this video, people are like, this is it. This is the perfect acceptance speech. It really is. I mean, one of these days we're going to do like the BSAs of like acceptance speeches and just like, uh, you know, we can even have separate, that could be like bonus content, you know what I mean? Or just like best supporting after show stuff, like best of the Emmys, best of the Oscars. But like this is such it's so wonderful and pure joy and she runs i wish the my only complaint is that the video doesn't show her when she like when her name is announced right at least the one that i watched Mm -hmm. um but she darts for that stage and she's up there and like it's kind of all over the place and she's reading these names like as fast as she can and then she like is poignant for like a moment and then she brings it home with the superstar reference. Ugh. Like I, I cackle 
every time I watch this, you can't help but smile and just be so happy for her. Oh, it's great. And it, it's just, it is pure joy. And, you know, at first you're like, oh my God, she's just reading names on a piece of paper. And then she just yes. turns that into something entertaining. I feel like the Independent Film Spirit Award, to me, I'm like, you know what? That's like, or Film Independent Spirit Awards. I, I'll Again, I'll never get it right. But I yeah, feel like, a... you know, sometimes with the Oscars and whatnot, it's like, you know, it, it's a lot of other things other than like, you know, actually great performances. But I feel like the Independent Spirit Awards are a little more focused on like genuinely good acting and good performances. I was going to say, it's not, I mean, not for nothing. I mean, it's it's kind of in that circuit of like, all right, who, who are we looking at this season? You know, it, it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. I, I wish, I wish we would have got a Globe nomination. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. I, I wonder, I, I don't, I'm not going to bother looking it up because that, that means nothing, you know, yeah. who, who blocked her out of it. it. You know, it's not their fault, but, uh, yeah. but yes, I wish that this got, you know, more awards recognition, but I, I love that it exists. I love that in general, it, it's critically acclaimed and, I, I really don't see how someone would dislike it. You like if you yeah. if you like movies about grief and being a gay man and if you like actressing, I just you won't walk away hungry, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I I can't recommend I, I love that this movie's on Netflix too. Again, I feel that like that should be a priority for like every gay person out there. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. every gay man in their thirties who uh you know, just love act. That needs to be a subcategory. Mm-hmm. It's a little wordy. We'll have to trim it up. So, yeah, we'll work, <laughs> yeah, we'll work on that one. Um, maybe while we're getting played off. Ooh. It's happening right now. Uh, well, uh, that is that familiar tune. So where can folks find more of you? Uh, they can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Chanov. And they can also find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla which is a Barefoot Contessa podcast that comes out every Thursday. How about you, Colin? Uh, well, of course, you can find me on All Right, Mary. We're just wrapping up our Drag Race España recap that just ended. We're still doing All Stars 6. And you can find me on In the Details. And if you want to have, if you want to know more details about what is coming soon to In the Details, then you should keep your peepers peeled for the Best Supporting After Show. But first things first, you can follow me on Twitter at Colin Drucker and Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And you can get more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Twitter at BSA pod. Or you can send us an email at the BSA pod at gmail.com. Well, now that your peepers are preemptively peeled, I can let you know that indeed in the best supporting after show coming up just this Friday, not only will we be talking about uh, a bunch of other things, but apparently we'll be playing a game allegedly. Yes. So it's going to be fun. Well, Uh, The only way to find out is to listen. So that, as they say, is that.